Welcome to Love, Lead, Listen, a podcast from Alpha Gamma Delta. I'm your host, Emily Bice. Join us as we discuss topics that affect women of today and examine the ways that we can be women with purpose. Hello and welcome back. Today I'm here with Emily Mitch, the Assistant Director of Fraternity and Sorority Life at NC State University, and Craig Rowley, Assistant Director of Sorority and Fraternity Life at Indiana University. Welcome. Hey, thank you for having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. So happy to have you. So you both are kind of newer professionals, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And something that new professionals can really struggle with being in an environment where you have to speak up for yourself for the first time, which is like in a workplace. So what was y'all's experience with this? I think coming out of college and I went to grad school, so coming out of grad school as well, learning how to be in an environment where you need to hone your sense of voice, I think can be very difficult, If you, especially if you haven't had to utilize that before and in a way to advocate for yourself where that opinion may not be popular, I think is a particularly challenging. Um, I think something that I quickly had to learn and discover was I think a little bit more about me and like self-reflection and understanding, okay, who is Emily? What does she believe? And in this context, what um, what am I going to fight for? And kind of what is the hill I'm going to die on, so to speak? So understanding the political context of the environment was important. That was a very t- hard thing for me to learn and understand. I'm someone who likes to keep the peace. And so <laughs> trying to navigate that was very challenging for me at first. Um, um, and I think it still takes time is something that I still struggle with trying to figure out how to speak up for myself. What's the right time to speak up for myself, especially as a young woman in the workplace that looks very different as well. And so still navigating all of those different complexities. Yeah, I would say for me, I went from undergraduate right into grad school and then right into my first professional career, which is a lot happening at one time. Just like throwing yourself right there. Yeah, I just really did. I had to learn a lot about who I was as a person and I didn't have that chance to do so much while I was in undergrad and grad school. Like I thought I had a really good solid sense of self and then that really gets tested like in your first professional role of understanding like, oh, what am, who am I? How am I showing up to the table to present the ideas that I have or to present some different not so great opinions that may go against the grain? And then how do I know like when do I step up to like take up that space and when do I need to step back um, and let others take up space too? And like how do I advocate for myself but then also the people that I'm working for and trying to support too? So it was a lot of challenges thrown at once to really navigate that field. But it was it just takes a lot of self-reflection. I think that was the big thing for me to start doing and thinking back to like journaling and some of that thought and then also like knowing when to reach out for help to other professionals and seeing that that's okay to do that and your mental health is part of your whole well-being as a person too so like for me like I like going to therapy and I like and that was something I was really scared of doing at first but like taking that first initial step and being able to go and talk to someone I'm an external processor so that journaling helped a little bit to get some of my thoughts down but it was like I needed to speak out what I was feeling too. So it helped me really get all my thoughts in a row. So that self-reflection into being able to speak that out with somebody helped me kind of gain that understanding of, okay, here's who I am. This is what I care about and how I can put my values into action to move forward. Sounds like there's a lot of reflection involved. Yes. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I think that reflection isn't something that 
comes, at least in my opinion, that comes very like easily to people. I think we all have a voice and a narrative that goes on in our head that can definitely influence or sway the way that we think and believe and act. But writing something down or processing it with another person or just internally even taking a second to step back and like really think about what's happening in the moment has led to greater informed decisions and made, I think, me a more successful professional because I have that sense of self-awareness that is such a critical skill, I think, in today's workplace to be able to understand all of those different components and how certain things might influence you to show up in a different way in different environments. Yeah, that self-reflection piece really helps a lot. I know I'm one person who doesn't take the time to do that for myself. And so when I did stop and take time to do that, and I still continue to do that, it actually does help me do better my work because I am able to say, oh, okay, like this is what I actually care about. And this is what makes me happy and what actually doesn't make me happy, what I thought might which is really important to do because there were some things that I was doing in my previous job that I thought I was really enjoying. And then when I actually stopped and thought about it and processed it through with some people and myself, I realized I actually don't like this aspect of my job. And I think that I would like another aspect a lot better. And I want to grow more in that area. So that helped me kind of realign with myself and my supervisor to give me more tasks that aligned with what I was actually passionate about and good at so that I can utilize my strengths better. So it was really a cool experience to do that. Well, it's one of those things that you have to reflect and like understand yourself. And that's a really hard skill to develop, especially in a culture where we're taught to go, 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 go constantly. And taking that time to like self-reflect, you have to do that so you know what to ask for, right? For sure. I would say it is important to do that because you want to make sure that you are bringing your full self to the table. And if you can't do that in your current position or even just in general, one part of you isn't going to be there. So like making sure you can bring your full self to that table so that you can be your best self all the time is really important in the work that you do because other people will start noticing that and It'll make you feel better because you're not trying to hide any of your identities or your strengths and you really are able to bring those to life and utilize them more in that workplace setting or even just in your personal setting too. So, Yeah, I think that discernment piece is also really important Mm -hmm. when we think about career choice as well. Even going through college, I remember I am someone who over-programmed myself to the T um, and was involved in sorority and club sports and a tour guide and like a million different things. And I remember getting to a point where I was just going, going, going all of the time and kind of had a little bit of a mini breakdown of like, what am I doing in the world? Because I was just so busy. And so being able to, while that was like a very chaotic and emotional time period in my life. I'm so grateful because I was able to take a step back and be like, okay, like what do I want to do with my talents? How do I want to impact the world with my gifts? And ended up making a very like significant career change because of that and changed my majors around and things like that. And kind of, and I'm happy that that happened because I don't think I would have been happy or enjoyed the work that I do now or nearly as much if I didn't have that kind of altering shift and that time to think critically about what I need and what kind of paths I want to pursue. It's almost to check yourself before you wreck yourself thing, right? A hundred percent. Yes. I wish I would have checked myself earlier. (laughs) (laughs) So once you've done that reflection, you're at the place where you're like, okay, this is who I am. This is what I like. What's the next step from there? I mean, you know it, but how do you convey that to those around you? 
I think for me, it was finding a really awesome mentor that I was able to look up to and to help me navigate the field that I wanted to go into. So lucky for me, my mentor sitting right next to me, Emily. Um, (laughs) So in undergrad, she was my graduate advisor in fraternity and sorority life at Bowling Green State University. I was able to turn to her a lot of being like, hey, I don't know if this is the major I want anymore. I love my fraternity experience. I love like making students better people each and every day and challenging my peers. Like, how can I do that as a professional or what career choice is that? So after that self-reflection piece, being able to reach out to people that you look up to and having that mentorship and getting that feedback from them was really helpful and helped me find that to-do list of like, here's grad programs you can look at. Here's how you apply for assistantships. This is how resume should look for this field. Let's practice some interview questions and things like that was really helpful for me and able to do that because I would not have been able to navigate this entire field by myself. So I think like finding people that you can start bringing onto your team is a really important piece of right after that self-reflection. So you're like, this is who I am. This is an idea of where I want to go. Let's find some people in that place that I can start looking up to or ask questions for. Yeah. Who can be your ally? Yeah. Who can be your ally? Exactly. And be on your team to like help support you throughout that process because the team will help you get to that place that you want to be. I am just like the type of person that will be like, I can do it all. And that is never the reality. And it's really good to identify who you are, but who can help you? Yeah, I think I relate to that a lot because that's definitely my personality type. And it's hard for me to kind of push myself to rely on others because I think of myself as a very independent, self-sufficient woman. Like I'm going to get it. It's going to happen. And sometimes it's hard for me to bring that wall down a little bit to let others in, even though that is going to help me in the long run. I think particularly in male dominated fields, women are taught to kind of act a certain way and act maybe tougher than they want to appear or whatever that looks like for them um, or just to have this barrier. Right. And so I think being able to kind of let that down a little bit has something that's been a growing point for me, uh, but something I've noticed I've been able to do progressively over the past few years to let other people know my story. Because I think one of the things that's so important when you, like Craig was talking about assembling your team, is finding someone who would be a sponsor for you, who can speak for you in places where you're not to help elevate you professionally or personally. And so being able to have some of those people in my life, I've been able to have access to opportunities I wouldn't normally have um, and participate in experiences that typically aren't available to a young professional like myself. So that I think has been really important to remain vulnerable, safely remain vulnerable and whatever that looks like for your mental health. But being able to have people who can support you and will also ask you those tough questions to challenge you too, because it's not all like sunshine and rainbows in life as we know. And so having um, someone who knows you well enough to say, hey, like, let's talk about this, or I have a question about what you're doing here, or maybe have you thought about this sort of experience? I think those are those pushing and growing conversations have helped elevate me as well as the support that I receive. So when you're looking at assembling the team, I, I'm thinking of like, how do you go through that? Like, you obviously don't want to like awkwardly go up to someone and be like, hello, 
be my mentor. (laughs) (laughs) Which is like a weird thing to do, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. How do you do that? How do you approach that? (laughs) I think it's, um, it's, I feel like it can definitely be a little awkward sometimes. Um, And it's a really weird conversation to have in a formal capacity. But I almost think asking the question is really important because a mentorship is something that there's there's a level of investment on both sides. And so that's a time commitment. That's an energy that you're both putting into this relationship. And so both sides of the relationship, the mentee and the mentor should be getting things out of that. So you want to make sure it's like a mutual agreement, so to speak, about what that relationship looks like. So I think developing a relationship with someone, you're never, a mentor should never be someone that you don't know or you barely know. So making sure that if it's someone that you want to get to know deeper, maybe asking them for help on something or like, hey, I saw that you presented about this. I'd love to grab coffee and chat more about that topic. And just trying to build those natural steps until you reach a point where you feel comfortable to say, hey, I really value your opinions. And I think you've been able to influence my life in such a positive way. Would you be someone who's willing to mentor me in this profession or be a personal mentor and seeing what their response is, hopefully positive. And even if it isn't like knowing that that person maybe still be in your corner to fill another role on your team or just be a general support person as well. Yeah, I can give the example of like kind of how Emily started to become that for me, especially when I was an undergrad doing it. So I knew that the field that I wanted to go into was fraternity and sorority life. And I really wanted to start exploring what sorority life was and like how I can do women's empowerment and knowing that that was what I wanted to kind of study more in graduate school too. So I joined a group that Emily happened to be one of the two advisors that was doing it for. And it required us to be really vulnerable to think about things in our own aspect of who we are as people and how we conceptualize different aspects of our personality. So one of the things I looked into was masculinity and how that played a role into my life and especially joining a fraternity as a gay man, that was really important to me to really explore and understand that. I wanted to under, needed to understand myself before I can start understanding others to help with that. So in that project, we had to pick one of the two advisors and I knew the other one pretty well from like previous work, but Emily was new. So I was like, let's meet new people. I love meeting new people. Um, and this, <laughs> it, so um, that extroverted me. Yeah. <laughs> so um So I started working with Emily more and I on this project and that's when I was able to come like become really vulnerable and start asking her um, more questions. And she was asking me really, really deep questions like first that self-reflection piece. And because that relationship just naturally grew after the project was done, um, I was able to ask her to be like to be a mentor for me to go into sorority and fraternity life, knowing that that's what she was doing for grad school already. So it was really just throwing myself into things that I that I already enjoyed. And there's usually someone there to help facilitate those conversations or people there that you are looking up to or helping with that process that you can start looking to first and that mentor role. And sometimes you realize like that person isn't for you and you need to start finding other people. But that's a really great start. I think helped me a lot in undergrad is like getting involved in those different aspects and trying to find those people who match the things that I wanted to go to you're never going to fully be there either. So mentors can grow with you and you can always find new mentors as well, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that's okay to understand that too, that mentors come and go sometimes and that's okay. Yeah. 
and just like understanding that and always looking forward to like bettering yourself because it is that mutual opportunity back and forth between mentee and mentor. So. So another kind of aspect kind of going into like that workplace role that is kind of interesting is managing up. Can you explain what that is? For sure. So managing up, a lot of it is looking at your supervisor or even some higher level administration. So that managing up piece is how are you able to advocate for yourself and the experience that you're having within your workplace to make sure that you are still bettering yourself and getting things done. One of the big things with managing up that I found to be super helpful for me was knowing what my strengths were and telling my supervisor that. I went into a role where I didn't do that and I just kind of was always missing the mark with my supervisor. It felt like I was like, I felt like we weren't on the same page at times or I wasn't living up to their expectations, but I realized we never really communicated that. And I never communicated, oh, here's how I like to be communicated with and how I best receive feedback. And what my strengths were on the team and what I could bring and showing, oh, here are my weak points and being able to own those and allowing them to give me projects to work on that were in my weak points to know that I, to try to like make myself better. Uh, So that was one of the things of like managing up of understanding like, hey, this is what I need to be successful here. And if I'm not able to get these, like where else can I go to get them to? So it's kind of like having those conversations with your supervisor about that and having a little bit of that vulnerability piece, because that is where those real conversations are going to start coming out too. Yeah, I think another piece of it as well, that expectation setting is so important when managing up. I think when people can, you have the opportunity to go into that first meeting with your supervisor, like that's the time to set that impression to continue to build off of that from your interview process or whatever that looks like. And so coming in and saying, this is my agenda. I want to talk about how we communicate. What's your preferred style of communication? This is my preferred style of communication. How can we operationalize that when working together? together. I know these are things and characteristics that I expect out of a supervisor. For me, I'm a very relationship-oriented person. Um, I know not every field has the luxury of being relationship-centered, but we definitely do in higher education. And so I think letting my supervisor know that from the get-go to say, this is, I spend a lot of time at work and I want to build relationships with the people that I work with and my supervisor particularly. So I'm going to ask you how your day is and I expect you to ask me how my day is. Is and I will share that yeah. information with you and to be invested more than a transactional relationship. So setting those expectations, I think, from day one is so crucial to be able to, I think that makes managing up easier throughout the rest of your time working with that person because you have taken the time and the energy to think about what you want and what you need from that supervisor or supervisee relationship. And you've let that be known because if you, six months down the line, those expectations aren't being met, you can have a conversation and say, hey, we talked about this and we agreed to this and it's not being upheld. Like, let's talk about that again. Do we need to revisit those expectations? Is there something maybe I can improve on a little bit to reach a higher standard? Whatever that conversation looks like, you've already set that groundwork. Well, it sounds like you have to evaluate who you are first Mm -hmm. to get into that, but then it's managing up so you can communicate what you need. And so you become a better human, right? 
Yeah. And I think it's to help with that work-life harmony that we are all trying to get within after you graduate from college. It's really trying to find that time of here is my professional time. And also when can I go home to like re-energize and recharge so I can come back the next day to still give my 100% during that time. So being able to manage up and knowing what you need to be successful in your chosen profession is really important to communicate that with your supervisor and doing it early and often, I think is really important. Uh, so utilizing that six month period, I know at least for my job and some other jobs, there is that six month like review of like, how are things going? And if there's not tell your supervisor, that's what you want to make sure that you can recheck in um, so that you are doing that frequently to know what's going on. Yeah. Something my job did that was really helpful was a 30, 60, 90 day like check in mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. And it was at first it was terrifying because you're like, oh, my gosh, I have to own it's right up away. That. I don't know what I'm doing sometimes. <laughs> right. But it's really helpful because that's a just a chance for you to check in with your supervisor and be like, hey, I'm struggling or, hey, I'm doing great here. Yeah. I think it's yeah. good if you can go and like go ahead and from the get go express that you want that. I think that shows initiative as well. Yeah, for sure. And it's showing that you want feedback to become a better professional because it's showing that you also want to stay there, especially if it's a place that you really love and having that commitment and showing, hey, I want to keep getting good feedback and showing that I want to improve is good. So that initiative is there. Yeah. And I think in that when you have that feedback regularly, it's easier. You start developing that skill because you have to do it more often when you just have a annual review process or whatever that looks like for you that you're not flexing those muscles as much. Um, so even if you don't have a formalized process to ask for feedback or receive feedback, making it maybe a monthly check in of saying I need these resources or I feel like I'm maybe floundering a little bit in this area. What advice do you have for me? And pushing yourself to be able to do that regularly. So the more comfortable you get with that skill, the easier it's going to be. And the I think the more you can succeed at your job because you're getting more advice, you're getting more resources, you're getting the things that you need. I think that requires vulnerability too, of being Mm -hmm. like being able to be vulnerable with someone that you're being supervised by, but also being vulnerable with yourself to say, I need to do this. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And like we talked about earlier, not being so self-reliant can be hard, especially in a new role and you want to impress the people around you. But sometimes admitting that you don't know it all is also, I think it's a huge sign of courage and bravery to say, I don't have it 100%. And that requires a lot of strength to be able to do. And especially for someone who or to someone who potentially controls your paycheck. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's the key part. There. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so we've reached the partner podcast where we like to ask our guests this question. What is your purpose? What a good question. (laughs) Um, This is something I think I've been continuing to wrestle with. I think purpose is something that is flexible and can change with your own life experiences. Right now, I believe my purpose to be to give women the tools and confidence that they need and want to succeed in this world. I think I am particularly talented with working with women and being able to um, support them in that way. Because I think 
purpose is a great combination of your skills and passion and what the world needs. And so right now I feel like I am driven and motivated by making sure that the students that I work with know that they are cared for and supported and that they can succeed at whatever they put their hearts to. For me, it has take, it's been a long journey to kind of realize what my purpose is. But I would say for me right now, my purpose is to ensure that the fraternity and sorority students that I advise are empowered to live out their values and to stand up for what they believe in to have a successful college career and then also afterwards as well. So I feel like I'm able to really relate to my students on being able to talk about what are the things going on within their chapter and their organization and how can they utilize that brotherhood or sisterhood to achieve the goals that they want to do, whether that's in their leadership position or if they're a member of their organization and they're involved outside of it. What is that next step beyond college or wherever you're at and how can we utilize this experience to get you to that next step i like to think that i'm a really great person to connect that for students and helping build that bridge and showing how their experience can be more than just this was a place that i found home but also a place that helped me become an empowered leader um, in the world around me so i think that's my purpose and that i keep working for every day I really love those. Thank you so much for sharing them. Yeah, Yeah. of course. And I love that you made the point that your purpose doesn't always have to stay the same. It can change. Yeah, Yeah. I think it can definitely be flexible. I mean, when I started college, I thought my purpose was to be an elementary school teacher. And I quickly realized I did not have the patience for children to sit down or to put the markers in the right bin. Um, It was a lot. And so I think your purpose can continually evolve and life experiences that you have can shape that purpose. And I think it's something that is forever changing. Yeah, it is something that always changes over time. And yeah, I started college with my purpose being a music major of like wanting to sing and perform all the time. And I realized that that just wasn't my calling. <laughs> um, <laughs> when, it yeah, it wasn't my forever purpose with music theory. So I think going through those challenging times really helps identify what your purpose is and um, working towards that and being okay to let something go. You can still have a passion for it and you still can really love it, but it could be something that you do as like a hobby or fun on the side, but your purpose could be redirected in another way. And that's okay to do that. And it is constantly changing over time. So yeah, it's really just like finding that piece of you and what really is like you're drawn towards. Well, thank you both for being on today. It was so great to chat with you. And if anyone wants more of Craig or Emily, where would they go? Yeah. So I can be found on Instagram or Twitter at emitch, M-I-T-C-H, 7-2. You can find me on Instagram. It is Craig underscore baritone. I still have that music piece in me. Um, Yeah, didn't get rid of it fully. So that's uh, C-R-A-I-G underscore baritone. So that's where you can find me there. Fantastic. Well, thank you again. And that's all for today. Join us next time on Love, Lead, Listen. Love, Lead, Listen is recorded and produced at Alpha Gamma Delta International Headquarters and is generously funded by the Alpha Gamma Delta Foundation. Episodes are released every two weeks, so make sure to follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts so you don't miss out on any of our episodes. 
If you like this show, make sure to rate us five stars on iTunes and don't forget to share it with your friends. If you have an idea for a future episode or any other feedback, send us an email at podcast at alphagammadelta.org. I'm your host, Emily Bice, and that's all for today. See you next time.